Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Ready? I believe we're recording. Folks, welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. I'm Father Nathan, a priest of the Roman Catholic Church. Today I'm joining... <laughs> Father John Neppel, he's here with me in the studio. How are you doing this because we're drinking coffee? Yeah. Yeah, it feels like that. Welcome to NPR. Welcome to NPR. It's uh, 2.45 in the afternoon, 48 degrees centigrade in Denver, Colorado. (laughs) Yeah, it's getting pretty hot. It's It's hot as a monkey's bunghole in Denver, Colorado. It is kind of weird to be drinking coffee in the afternoon. It is. It is indeed. I mean, just because we're podcasting normally, it's a late night event. Usually late night, I know. So. But we're here. We're here. We're doing it. We're down in the uh, bowels of Schloss Goebbels. You were telling me that we have people come to your parish, and then they kind of want they want the uh, oh, they want private s- access to they it. Want, yeah, they want to see the rectory. Yeah. And I'm like, they're like, is the... Um, Schloss Goebbels. Uh, is the... Uh, I'm like, Wayne Manor? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, is it around here? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. And they're kind of waiting for me to say, would you like to see it? And I'm like, yeah, not not interested. Folks, if you come, you you might catch me in a good mood. I'm usually in a fairly good mood whenever I meet podcast listeners, which right. is a problem because sometimes I treat podcast listeners better than my own parishioners. Or friends. Yeah, Let's I think, move off that topic, I think John. the, uh, yeah, one piece of advice I would like to just give to listener land in general is um, if you want to become friends with Father Nathan, don't lead with the friend. That's true. Thing. You got to kind of play it cool. You got to be kind of aloof. Mm-hmm. He likes to be treated like crap a little bit, just kind of, you know. And then uh, he likes to work for it. You got to make him work a little bit for it. So kind of like he made me work for that last podcast last week. Wow. We're going to go there right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a whole week ago. Uh, you are welcome to mention what you thought was good or bad or other on various mediums of communication. No, ultimately, we're... ultimately, I think it was... Uh, it's hard for me to be honored on air. Yes, that was tough. And, um, and we're also getting back in the groove of it. That's right. Sunit was very uh, encouraging. I asked her, I said, give me some honest feedback as a, uh, as a friend of ours. And she said it was a good podcast. But you guys, you could tell it was just a little, just easing the tension, baby. I see. Just easing the tension. I see. It was a chilly evening. It was an otherwise chilly evening at Schloss Goebbels. That's right. It's fine. We're going to get back into it, folks. This is... Uh, it's new. It's fresh. He's been at war. He's been away for a oh, while. Geez, don't go into I've this. gotten into, you know, like watching Crocheting. soap operas. We got a shout out. Uh, Skylar York did write in and say, thanks for mentioning John J. York. So that was the, uh, the one hospital, the one highlight of last week. So, well, I was up in the mountains uh, this week and, um, you know, I went four years, four whole years in Rome, never got pick, pickpocketed. No. Guess what happened to this? No. Week? In Beaver Creek, Colorado. What? I cannot figure out for the life of me how this happened. Are you sure? It must have been. Or because somebody must have just, zink, you know, right out of the back pocket of the biking jersey. I didn't drop it. Conroy and I go on a 50-mile ride, come back, pay for the lunch, because he's a seminarian, right? They're mooching constantly. That's a good point. Be careful with seminarians. They both have, simultaneously have no money and tons of money. You know, kind of, yeah. Kind of. That's the way we were, too. I did rebuke uh, Chris Considine, deacon of God, if I may. Um, I had a text exchange with him this morning. He is a priest in training, uh, deacon elect. Chris Considine, 
quote, It has come to my attention that as a cleric of the Church of Christ, you failed to offer sufficient remuneration to a scholastic in studies for Christ's church. Please amend your ways, sinner. Granted, you may not have a hospitality fund. I will rebuke my seminarian in training for not picking up the tab for you. And this is what you wrote to Chris? Yes, and he responded, I deeply repent and offer due obsequiousness to your lordship. I will not fail you again. <laughs> yeah, that's true. you got to teach him the ways. Teach it's true. The ways. You should, we should exercise Supreme hospitality. Leader. We should leader, exercise uh, hospitality as much as we can, but you said this to me whenever I got ordained. Not the moment I got ordained, but very soon after. You're like, it's time for you to start picking up some tabs. Yeah. Because I didn't realize, but I, I probably mooched a lot. Well, we did. I did too, so, you know. You just you have to move on from your mooching. When you turn thirty five and you're still mooching tabs, then uh, you know problematic. So, so yeah, we leave the restaurant. The Country Club of Arrowhead has a nice little restaurant. It was right. It was a two minute drive from the condo we were staying at, like bike ride. Gone. Can't find it. We get back to the place. I don't even think about it. It's not there. It's nowhere. Looked everywhere. Retraced the steps. I must have got pickpocketed by one of the uh, guys driving the Ferraris, and uh, you know. It's like the last place you would expect. What? It must have. Been, it must have been. There's no way I lost. Where it. would you have gotten pickpocketed? I'm. A- I think the guys working at the front desk, the caddies. Ooh. Yep. I was a caddy. I know what it's like. I know what goes down in the caddy shack. It's crazy. Show up. Keep up. <laughs> shut up. That's what I heard. The three rules of caddies are. <laughs> really? Show up. Keep up. Shut up. So I just got a new driver's license. Gone. New credit card. Gone. My. Library ID at Santa Croce, gone. Well, uh, St. Anthony does help in those situations. So, Well, I, we'll see. I don't know. If you're a podcast listener and you found a small leather wallet that belongs to John. Oh, and here's no. the best thing. It was yeah, Usterman. Usterman's. Yep. This was the, this is, I'm not a sentimental guy. You know that. Yeah, I know. Right? I'm not a you sentimental guy. You throw away guy. pretty much anything that people give you. Everything. Everything gets tossed, including Andrea's heart monitor, which she left in my car. Oops. Sorry about that. We don't need to know how that ended up in your car. <laughs> After just... a bike ride. Um, the, Probably uh, something she wants to leave on. But... Everything gets tossed. But Usterman, it was the prototype. It was the first wallet he made. Yeah. And now it's gone. Well, that's, I mean, St. Anthony. St. Anthony. Some little kid right now is going to say a prayer to St. Anthony for you, and you might get it back. There we go. Well, I look forward to sharing that story. We've come to share our stories. Right? We've come to break the we're, bread. That's why we're Catholic, right? We've come to break the bread. We've come to know our rising from the dead. Do you know who hates when I quote old uh, 70s lyrics? I do not. Mrs. O'Loughlin. Oh, yeah. Michael's mom. Cause she that's because you, you, you mess with her son. I know, I do. But I'm not doing it meaning like in a mean way, but you just yeah. said exactly. We've come to share our story. We've come to break our bread. We've come to know our rising from the dead. Right. That's true. That's what we were raised on. I know. And a lot of banners, a lot of burlap. A lot of banners. Yeah, that's true. <sighs> well, speaking of banter and speaking of podcasts, we got a nice uh, text from uh, oh. uh, Luke Carey. I'd like to just give him a shout out. Catching Foxes. Oh, yeah. Not Gomer. Luke. No, I'm just joking. Both I, of them. I but they were lamenting. Luke, I thought you said Luke and Carey. Luke Carey. Luke it was Carey. lamenting. He was just like, yeah, I understand you, know, you and Goble trying to get back into the flow of things. It takes some time. And he's like... I have realized how much of a how difficult it is to do a weekly podcast. It's like it's a lot of work. Oh. It doesn't sound like a lot of work. It's like what's the big deal? But it's like oh man. So my Luke, guess, is, thanks my, for listening. That's very right. thoughtful. Luke Carey, I'm glad that you married my friend Aaron. Aaron who? Montgomery, I uh, believe was your last close name. friend. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I mean, well, acquaintance. Acquaintance. Yeah. Anywho, um, but uh, yeah, if imagine Norman Rockwell having to produce a like cover <laughs> for uh, whatever he was writing for, and every week, every week, yeah, I could or every month. It's hard. Yep. And sometimes people are like, listen, it's nowhere near Norman Rockwell. I'm like, that's true. But, I mean, you write two good books in your life, right. you're considered an artist. Right. You're considered an artist that could be studied. Someday somebody might have a course on Catholic podcasts discerning the different shades and, you know. Fifty shades of Catholic podcasts. Fifty shades of, of uh, catching foxes and Catholic stuff, an elective <laughs> at uh, Steubenville. <laughs> That's a scary thought. But let's just, it's time to make some magic, folks. Oh, we're this going. Is a, this is a good topic. All right. I think you're going to like this. Here we go. All right. I've been thinking about this for a while, and as you know, thoughts don't necessarily mean that it's refined into, you know, uh, sound theology or some deep insight or whatever. But um, where to start? Hmm. He's got books everywhere. Got books Tapping everywhere. his fingers. Let's start, start with the beer beer nuts. Beer nuts. Do you just keep these on on tab next to the? Those are <laughs> Olos. The those are Olos. These are jelly mine. beans. Olos still funny. eating those jelly beans. They're from <laughs> Easter. They're disgusting. I think yeah, Olo could live on like old candy. You know, no yes. problem. Okay. All right. Okay. Psalm thirty. Psalm thirty. Attenti. Attention. Um. Oh Lord, I cried to you for help. And you, my God, have healed me. O Lord, you have raised my soul from the dead, restored me to life from those who sink into the grave. Sing psalms to the Lord, you who love him. Give thanks to his holy name. His anger lasts a moment, his favor through life. At night there are tears, but joy comes with dawn. I said to myself and my good fortune, nothing will ever disturb me. Your favor had set me on a mountain fastness. Then you hid your face, and I was put to confusion. That's the line. Again, I said to myself in my good fortune, nothing will ever disturb me. Your favor had set me on a mountain fastness. Then you hid your face, and I was put to confusion. What do you think about whenever people go to confession? What do I think about? What are you thinking about when people go to confession? I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will give me something intelligent to say, usually. That's a good point. I should do that. I mean, I'm usually, it's pretty desperate, usually. Oh, yeah. It, it is a terrifying moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a great there was a great uh, part that I read in this book recently where a mom was discussing like her daughter came home and burst into tears and she's like I have absolutely no idea what to say to this person and I'm like imagine doing that every, every single, single day, day with all of your children yep. except in different ways and you're like what do you have in your mouth what have you been doing why are you covered in barbecue sauce but then instead of them coming into the kitchen and showing you they come into the confessional and they say last week I consumed an inordinate amount of barbecue sauce i'm like what exactly is an inordinate (laughs) amount and then i have to tell them how many times and whether they did it with themselves or with another it's super awkward but uh, it's just yes that's a that's a good lead-in one you're thinking about you're praying about what the holy spirit wants to communicate to this person yes right um how do you go from person to person in confession and not mix them up mix them up yeah, like Bill comes in and discusses barbecue sauce, whereas Janet comes in and, and discusses, I don't know, uh, her excessive love of cats. And keep them straight during? No, like just be like, 
okay, what what are we talking about again? It takes a lot of mental energy and a lot of focus. That's right. Uh, an hour of confessions, my first year as a priest, were more exhausting than uh, it felt like anything in the whole week. Mm-hmm. It felt like a week's worth of like a work wow. because you have to just be, you want to be super attentive. But again, you're not, we just had a beautiful night of confessions up at Camp Waitiwa on Monday night. Listen to this all-star lineup. Most random collection of priests ever. Father Joe Grady, random. Father Randy Dollins. What? Father Dave Nix and myself. So that was the four of us hearing confessions on Monday night. For how many kids? 80 high school girls. Okay, well, you'd need a lot for that. And we took some time. There was some, uh, you know, some ugly crying going on on both sides, and that was all right. (laughs) That was mostly Father Randy Dollins. Right. No, it was, uh, it was, it was, I was really moved by it but one of the things that all of the priests talked about before because we did a Q&A on confession was trying to get them a little bit of a sense of what's going on from our side of it which is we're not sitting there with our arms crossed going ah, me the wrong you started the wrong way you know oh, you didn't do that right dare you and um, instead of just saying like we are we feel like such I don't know, like poor and humble instruments that we're just trying to be as docile and disposed as possible to what the Holy Spirit is trying to do. And he and he really does work through yeah. us. That's what's amazing. It is. It's remarkable. So we're really not focused on, not everybody. There are some priests, I got a, I got a text from a friend of mine today who said, faithful Catholic, but she's just like another horrible experience of just harshness and... It's just you do violence to the soul, you yeah. know, and so it's not everybody, but sure. guys, the guys that I just named, yourself, um, it's it's such a privileged time that it's it's a bit we we approach it with some fear and trembling, and we're not really thinking about did you get everything right, you know? Right. So for me, as I'm trying to listen to all these persons, I'm trying to distill down what they just confessed in either a word or a number of words, because there's a lot of a lot of chaos that they just uh, spilled out, uh, but there is an order to it. There's sort of a, a theme to it. And I find more often than not, the greater the sinner, the more the me. The more the me. The more the me. Yeah, interesting. The greater the sinner, the more the me. Hmm. The greater the holiness, the more the you is present, and my failure to address the you. Mm, interesting. So again, I just want to read that one more time because I think it's really interesting. Uh, this is Psalm 30. I, sa- I said to myself in my good fortune, nothing will ever disturb me. Your favor had set me on a mountain fastness. Then you hid your face and I was put to confusion. If it's not, if there's not something of... of no! Stop. And we're back. Um, yeah, so we just had the computer kind of shut off. Whatever. Um, we're back. I think I was talking about... Okay, so as people are describing their sins, I'm listening for this word. And the greater... The greater, the more times I hear them reference themselves, the more times I'm like, wow, there's just... There could be an obsession with the me yeah. and I. And the more they're like, I have failed... My spouse, my friends, my roommates, my whatever. Like, they're at least seeing themselves in relationship. If it's just about, like, my following of the law and my following of uh, these precepts or codes, um, then if I have a perfect day, 
It's that I did everything that I wanted to do. And it may not be a perfect day of communion or love or belonging, but it might just be I got to do uh, my own thing. Right. And that felt really pleasing to me. Right. And everybody else did what I wanted to do. Whereas the saint, I think, experiences the joy of a good day in that they were present with others. There's a belonging. There's a we um, and an us. And, um, you know, I, we've seen this quote, and Father Joseph Lajoie is oft repeating it, uh, that happiness is only real when shared. Uh, and I think loneliness is uh, is exceptionally real when there is no other. Not just the possibility of others, but it's just me. I become the center of all of it, the I. And... Um, I don't know. I, I want to hear if that's reasonable, that you've had that similar experience with persons where they, um, not just in confession, but perhaps in relationship where it's just, it becomes about the me and less about you. And all of a sudden, like, you're not, there's no need for you anymore. All right. Yeah, it's an interesting thought. I haven't, I haven't really reflected on this in the context of how confessions are kind of given and played out. I will say that it seems like one of the major American kind of heresies in, within the church is just the refusal to acknowledge that sin exists. And so we kind of approach confession as kind of like subjective, kind of like um, like flaws, like just kind of like, mm-hmm. just kind of rough edges, you know, just not very kind or kind of, you know, just kind of Kind of rough edges of my subjective ego. I'm just here because the door was open and I just right. wanted to chat. And instead of like, there's a real objectivity to sin. Like these effects and these things really happen and they really exist outside of oneself. And it's not just this kind of self-referential, egotistical thing. You know, it's not self-help. It's not, It's we're not helping you self-actualize by, but because we're dealing with real objective things that get, lodged in to your relationship that estranges you from God and from others and from uh, creation and from yourself as well. But is it that is it that Americans don't believe that sin exists or is that is it that Americans and just let's just expand it to a, a larger civilization that other persons don't exist. Right. There is um an obsession with the me culture and it's it's just it's I. The I becomes all-consuming. And then once it's all about me, then you can't be present. There's a song from the, from the late 90s um, from, from uh, I think it was Toby Keith, where he says, I, I, like, talking talking about about, I like talking about you, 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 usually, but occasionally, occasionally. I want to talk, talk about, about me. me. I want to talk about me. I want to talk about I. I want to talk about number one. Oh, my, me, my. I want to think what I want, what I like, what I know, what I see. I like talking about you usually. Occasionally, I like talking about me. And I'm like, that wasn't just the 90s, man. That's just, that's that's so many, so many persons. Yeah. Me. Well, I think the, the me culture, the kind of the, the kind of egocentric and solipsistic culture that we're living in, there was, a, there was prior kind of evolutions that happened. And one of them is just that I think is really prominent still. I was talking about Marxism yesterday with somebody and just how 
sin is no longer personal. It's everything is just collective, right? So it, it all belongs to the structures and the politics. And it's what we see on TV, and it's what you know Donald Trump is doing, and or North Korea is doing. That's where that's where evil exists. But there's no such thing as like it's not in. It doesn't really involve me as long as I'm a nice person and I let everybody kind of do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of the these. That's just not just Marxism. That's just kind of the 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 groundwork of modernity uh, of placing of that kind of huge shift that happened. Uh, there was this philosophy professor at St. Thomas. He always used to talk about the rape and the pillage of the universe by the demiurgical cogito. And that was like this great line, you know, of how uh, Descartes cogito, I think therefore I am raped and pillaged the whole universe because it became, yes. it, 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 yes. it put my ego on the throne of, at the center of the universe. Right. My being right. is depending, uh, being is dependent upon me Yeah. instead of I'm depending on, dependent on being and being isn't just this force in the universe being is other right christ right god community which is an other and the part of the reason why i thought this was interesting is because Gronsky told us once that only christ only in christ can you actually hear the proper use of i Hmm. because only i only Christ can have true subjectivity hmm. because he knows who he is in his full self. And when he says, I am the, you hear a lot of I am statements. I am the gate. I am the uh, bread of life. I am the, you know, vine. Vine, yeah. So he's saying all of these things because he actually is those things. Not just, I, I aspire. I want to be a vine. Someday I'll actualize. It's like, no, right now, I'm a vine. Right. Right now, I'm a door. I'm fully, I'm fully myself to you, fully present to you. And it's not just, let's talk about me. Let me tell you about me. I'm right. so great. It, it was, let me disclose this mystery so that you can be part of me. You know what I find to be one of the most unsettling um, kind of phenomenons of American youth? And I'm talking about... Um, uh, Teletubbies. <laughs> Teletubbies. Still in the 90s, bro. Oh. Um, Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol is pretty good. Younger, We're getting older now, so we can say younger people. I would say it's an interesting thing to notice friends, family, high school kids. They don't ask questions. Yes. They don't have a conversation. There's no convers- There's no more conversations with young, and I'm not talking about young millennials. I'm talking about kind of the next generation. It's just, and they're, they're really nice kids, but they're just not, there's no questions because it's just, I can't even get to the, the, I can't even contemplate the fact that there's a thou, let alone that the thou is more important than the ego, than the I. Yes. Um, and that's a scary thing. And it's really kind of painful. And again, I know every generation is messed up in its own way, but the, the effects of technology and the kind of the deconstruction that's happening between the thou and the I because of uh, everything, social media and just this whole kind of technocratic world we're living in. Um, Oh, it's scary. Yeah, it's I mean, frightening. You can look. I mean, even from a transportational standpoint, we no longer ride subways, trains, buses. I mean, most people, unless they're in like tremendously urban areas, are just individual. I listen to my music. I listen to my podcast. I have my own headphones in. I travel when I want to travel. I'm not waiting on you. I'm not waiting on a schedule. This isn't a collective. I go when I want to go because I'm going to get things done. Right. And 
we found this even in priestly life that when when we give ourselves over to our projects even for the sake of the others it's actually about us and not about um a thou and if it if if i becomes more important than you in relationship then we tend towards well what am i getting out of this what i mean i don't even i don't even enjoy this anymore um, and that that's a great litmus of like what am i getting when you start asking yourself in relationships what am i getting out of this and what is or my what needs is, aren't being what has fed he done for me lately right. what do i want to do on right. my day off right i do this i know i'm i'm disclosing certain dark parts of my heart but i do i i say that wouldn't be pleasing to me so i don't do it right yeah i think that the uh there's a lot in this but um you remember that line, Balthazar, we've talked about this before, but he, uh, at the beginning of, uh, I think it's his second volume of the um, Explorations in Theology, he has this great line, and he circles back to these things a lot, but he talks about how the child awakens to self-consciousness by the, the thou, by the love of the mother. And the experience of being seen right. by another. So human existence begins in the thou, and, and the whole, like one is brought to life because of the because of the thou and for a long time when we were all little there's babies we didn't know there was an i we didn't know there was an ego it was just the only thing that exists is thou and that reflects something of the gratuitous and the kind of creative nature of of all human existence is that we we exist because of the thou Mm -hmm. both in parents and then also in in god and uh and then we grow up, and and then we become horrible. I guess that you know everybody talks about the terrible twos. I don't know. Apparently, like a little before that's pretty bad. I don't know. You know, talking about twos are three. bad. I mean, my sister has said as well. Like threes, threes are, are no picnic, right? But they're 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 working out that ego, and they're going to do that for a number of years. And they have to have the discipline to say it's not about your eye. And now it's like you can see it. You know. Well, if, and if you reinforce the eye. To such a degree, the terrible twos become the terrible 20s and 30s and 40s because they don't learn anything different. You and I are both in the middle of reading, or you've already finished because you're just a cyborg, um, Jordan Peterson. And I I just picked it up again the other day, and he's like, if you just reinforce certain habits, like any time this kid is hungry that um, he's going to get you know a peanut butter jelly sandwich while he's playing a video game, not even paying any attention to you, like he doesn't have to leave his... His spectacle that he's involved in, he can just stay right in the middle of it and you cater to his needs, then that's going to be the kind of person that goes out into the workforce, in relationships, and just dominates because that's what you breeded him to do. Yeah. And we have, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to train in ourselves to care about the other because we're afraid that I won't get my needs met. Right. And, um, you know, uh, Jean Vanier passed away uh, this what past month or the month before. And I just look at him and every picture of Jean Vanier that I've, that I've seen, he's looking at the other person. It's not just like you see some of these movie stars that, that kind of pose themselves. Look at me. Right. It's about me. Jean Vanier, if you look at the characteristics of his face, he's engaged with you. Mother Teresa, she's engaged with you. I 
I, I want to be, I want it about me. Do you know my picture? Do you know, this is one of my, Oh yeah. this is one of my favorite images of myself. Okay. <laughs> right there, John. Yeah. Who we're are you post, looking at? We're going to post this. The, the, the question is, am I dancing by myself? Uh, let me see it. Um, it looks like you are, but I know you're not. I'm not. I know you're not. Your hair looks great. The mullet. Mullet looks great. <laughs> Father, uh, Father Blaha had that picture up um, a, a, in his office. I had sent him a copy for some reason. Whose wedding was this? He was down in the down in the mouth. That was Amanda Kellogg and Austin Gerke's wedding. Uh. Okay, and I'm dancing with the bride. Uh. I'm exuberant because <laughs> of them, right. and because I was having such a great time. You, it can people can perceive you in such a way that it looks like it's just about you, right? Just about me. And if you're ordered it rightly, you are actually about other persons. And in the fulfillment of the you, I am, I'm not only satisfied, I'm transformed. And when sometimes in those moments where you kind of place yourself at the service of others, people kind of see like, well, it appears that it's just about you and that. And I don't think so. Right. I, I look at those moments in, in the Switzerland trip. And I mean, we we we're like gods on that trip. Yeah, we were treated like royalty by by people that owed us nothing, and yet the whole point of that trip was to be able to give them an experience of Switzerland, togetherness, and Garansky, and hopefully of Christ in all of those right. things. But to kind of form that environment. But sometimes you just look at those pictures, like oh, you guys think you're so important, right. you know, like oh, you take these wild trips, and it's like it wasn't about us. It was actually about this collective, right? You. It was about you and not about me. But in the in ensuring you, I was taken care of. But the converse is it's true, and this is where I would kind of put the mirror up. You know the? Uh, did you ever read the picture of Dorian Gray? Huh. You know the premise yeah, of it, yeah, right? Yeah. He has to keep. Oscar Wilde. He has yeah. to keep looking in the mirror so that he stays young. And then as long as he keeps observing himself, he stays young. There are some that you know of or there are parts of yourself or myself that I can only look at and say, I'm, I'm gonna, if I just keep focusing on this, I know that I'll get better. I'm Strava. Strava. <laughs> Strava. This is what I did today. This is me. This is all that I, this is all that I put into it. This is how many calories I burned. Yep. I've, I've been on it for a week, and I'm already just, I'm almost done. Come on, man. You're exercising. I know I'm exercising. I think I can do it using just a, a GPS monitor and whatever. I don't want to hear about me. Yeah. Okay. Well, and we can talk about Strava some other time. We can talk time. about Strava some other time, but this is the problem, too, with Strava, is <laughs> if I give one person kudos, everybody has to get kudos. See, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Why do you have to do that? Because that's the nature of it. No. I'm not looking for kudos. I did a 12-mile <laughs> ride. I almost barfed going up a like a like the incline of a wheelchair ramp, okay? Like I mean, I'm not in on some serious climb, but like I get all these like heaps of praise. That's because I, you're exercising. We're that proud is true. of you. Yes, it you're is. You're not a, you're not a minivan. You're not a minivan. <laughs> I love you. But it's not just Strava. I think certain things of of Instagram, Facebook, blogospheres, vanities, BMIs, all of it can just be me. Let me tell you about me. You know what else can be, though? 
homily prep. Oh, yeah. RCA class. Marriage prep. Yeah. Everything is infiltrated by the ego. Yes. So the problem, when we say... My children. Let when, me show you pictures of my children. Right, when we say... The trips that I've done. When we say the evil is Strava. I'm not saying... No, I, 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 but, but, or the evil is Instagram. Or the evil is, you know... Right. We, we, we very quickly... This is the Marxist thing. We project personal egotism onto constructs. Social, right. political, sure. economic constructs. The problem is Strava. If I didn't have Strava, then I wouldn't be egotistical. Uh, agreed. This is our friend Deacon Chris Considine. I don't want to be on there because I'm prideful. But get, you know what? You know what, why else he doesn't want to be on there? Because he's like, I'd beat all you guys anyways. I was like, you're prideful. You just said that, right? Yeah. It's like it, we you, it, we have to be discerning and we have to be thoughtful about the right. way we're using these things. But we cannot project the egotism. I think sure. the only work is in prayer, is, is figuring out the paradox of saying, when I focus my entire life on and contemplating the face of Christ, I discover myself. And we know people who pray, but never pray with them. It has nothing to do with them, right? It's all about Jesus, but it's, it's completely disconnected. Right. We also know, and I, I, I fall victim to this, prayer becomes self-help time. It becomes self-knowledge time. Yeah. Becomes, it becomes diagnostic, it yeah. diagnostic city. Let's work everything out. Both of those are negative. But somehow, in contemplating the face of Christ my own self i come to my own subjectivity mm-hmm. like this this is the the mystery of the christian life i discover life. myself in your eyes the light the heat your eyes so right? you you have other books that's a really good point that's a really good point and that's that's ultimately what i would want from our listeners and from others even in the confessional whatever i have to break them out of it's not about you. You are important, but there's other persons. And discover other persons. And some of them are human persons, and some of them are divine persons. Both are needed. Confession in particular is a good example because it's hard to make, it's hard to live confessional as a devotion that's not about me. Confession and uh, Not about my little, pr- my little project of, making, of self-perfection. Which is what we can reduce it to very quickly, and that's holiness. But you know what? You know what destroys that is reality, like uh, suffering, broken relationships, the messiness of human life. Uh, when that kind of breaks in, because th- th- you remember that great line from Maspero, my favorite professor in Rome, Giulio Maspero. I said, "What advice do you have for a young academic?" He said, "Here, confessions." He's like, you need to have something that cracks the system because you, you're, you're Hegelian. You, you build these systems in your yeah. mind, and everything is kind of perfect, and you have to have these things that just crack. You know, The heroin addict who's back in there and just cannot, cannot break out of its life, and you have nothing to say to that. Right. All you have is to give them the mercy of God. Right. That, that's, what, that's, that's what we need. Um, that's what breaks us out of the ego and uh, the, but the trappings of, of egotism. And I don't, but I don't want this, this, this uh, podcast just to be, this is about confession. This is another podcast on confession. This is about spirituality, holiness, human relationships, and the parts of ourselves that we're afraid of. And so it's basically about everything. Anything <laughs> worth talking about. I mean, either, either you're going to try to give the secret to life or you're going to say, look, this is this is the bread that I give you today. Right. Try this. If it doesn't work, you're going to come back and you're going to try other bread. Catholic stuff you should know. It's not like uh, you know the hidden power and transformable ability of everything you need to know in order to be an awesome person. 
Catholicism is brokenness, cross, resurrection. That's what it's all about. Right. And if and if and if we're trying to think of anything else, we're screwed. I just want to give a final word, final word, final point, an icon. The person to me in the last six months that has demonstrated this most perfectly is uh, Mark Lanzini. Mm. Amen. Mark Lanzini is a guy who, another person in our life, who when you look at him, he's not looking at himself. He's looking at the other. And Mark Lanzini uh, was a teacher at Matchbuff High School for a number of years. I don't know, 40 years, 30 years. Um, and he was falsely accused. God bless whoever uh, caused this great suffering in his life. Uh, may they be brought to conversion. But he was proved innocent. Because we are. I mean, we're innocent until proven guilty. And he was proved innocent. And so the mark, the shame, all of it, he bore for weeks. And he was carried out in handcuffs. And instead of instead of calling out all of these persons on whatever social mediums, he was silent silent, patient, and he was delivered. And then because of the trauma and partially because he, he, it was time for him to retire, he said, I think I'm done. Yeah. No party, no party for this man. No, you know, they didn't give him a blender. Bye-bye. And he, he bore it well. And now he's going to have his party. Did you hear about this? Mm-mm. Yeah, August 10th. And I'm going to, I'm going to, August 10th? August, August 10th. Yeah. And I'm like, I want this guy to be acknowledged and reverenced because what he has done is lived a life of the other instead of himself. Right. And he's one of the great men of our age. Right. And the capacity to suffer in a heroic manner like Lanzini has demonstrated only comes from a lifetime of working at the primacy of the thou yes. and, and renouncing yeah. that voice inside that says, what about me and what about my needs? Yep. And, and that, gazing upon the other. Right. Amen. So... Amen. I'm not going to get into this girl. I got another Brene. Your girl. You are crushing hard on Brene Brown. Hard on Brene Brown right now. But uh, for another time. For I, another time. But I I came up with this topic before I read this book. You did. So um, I just wanted to be. Maybe you'll get acknowledged in her next book. Mm. Anywho, um, I think it's time to do some brief shout outs. I actually do have to get to the confessional at some point. Yeah, you do. Um, so I have two shout outs. Um, both of them are returned letters. Okay. Do you see this? I do. Return to Senda. Uh, uh, Victoria Hall, who we met at Seek. Okay. She gave us um, some posters. She painted some pictures for us. Okay. Um, thank you, and Victoria. And I, I wrote her a thank you card and uh, returned to Senda. So, Victoria, if you no want to... No such number. If you want to send in your address to the podcast, I'd appreciate it. The other one is Stephanie Juarez, who I believe sent us beaver nuggets a long time ago. But um, it's, again, it's another return to sender. And this is from, like... Stephanie, uh, beaver nuggets never get past customs office in Schloss Goebbels. They just disappear into the... uh, The abyss. Into the abyss. So, um, those two. All right. I think that's... That's it? And then the last one, I guess, because I just want to get three off my desk. It's the... It's the... um, uh, the Miller family from Bozeman, Montana. Uh, uh, Patrick uh, Patrick Miller, their son, listens to the podcast. We've given him a shout-out before, but um, the mother sent in pasta and pasta sauce. So that we podcast. would cook. So we would, so we would eat something healthier than just beaver nuggets. Right. And I finally made it the other day. Thank you. It was over a year old, but, I mean, hey, pasta stays pasta good. Pasta, pasta. 
and the, that was great. Very nice. That's it. I got a couple shout-outs back. These are back from the spring. Um, Duncan from Oklahoma City. I don't know the context of these anymore because I'm so far behind. I haven't been podcasting. But, Duncan, thanks for listening. I don't know who cued you on to that. I don't even know who you are, but um, thanks for listening. And then Lisa Hunt has some friends, Brant and Phaedra Tretter uh, from Carl Springs, who listen to the podcast. So thank you guys for listening. And lastly, Katie Rose at Georgia College. I think we met her also at Seek. So oh, nice. We appreciate listening. Always enjoy hearing from you guys and uh, receiving beaver, nu- beaver nuggets, pasta, and whatnot. But don't let it get focused on your ego, right? Yes, it's not about me. Don't let it go to your head. Enough about me. It's about we. Oh, that was touching. <laughs> you know what else was great about this was that we were. This was like we improved a little bit today. I know. I I probably I didn't just get out of the confessional. And you were tired last week. Stressed. And uh, I'd been working on this topic for a while. It's a and good it topic, and it wasn't about me. Mm. It, I mean, you you you, ended up, you tried to honor me, and I couldn't accept it. Well, it was a bit autobiographical last week too, and I did preface it with that. Can't be. Yeah, but we're we're back, folks. We're back. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on various social mediums. Coming up next week is the 400th episode, a special episode featuring all four of us again. Oh, on a special topic. On a special topic. Stay tuned, folks. Special people make special plays on special days. Cheers.